Yes, hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined here by the coldest tipster in the game, Jobber. How are you, mate? Good, mate. That's not a great way to start, but um, yeah, look, I've got, I picked the last two, um, but I'm learning. That's, um, that's cold as in cold, not cold as in hot. You were cold on the weekend, weren't you? Yeah, no, I can't. I can't make a prediction to save myself right now. So I'm going to steer away from the tips this week. I think. No, good. Steer away from the tips, but steer towards uh, opening question for the boys. So uh, PSG had a big win this week, which is good for the underdogs um, with that state-backed <laughs> money. Um, I was so happy that uh, Thomas Dougal gave his fitness coach a celebratory spray on the pitch, um, which got me thinking: What's the most memorable spray you've ever seen? Uh, good question. Uh, just just touching on um, Thomas's spray there, I thought um, the finger wave ramped it up, as in the um, viciousness of the spray. But I thought the face mask that he had to wear turned it back down a bit. So I think he lost some points because you can't see unless you can see the spit like flying out of the mouth. It's not not as good a spray as I'd like. But um, mine would be Harry Redknapp. So Harry Redknapp, he's cast your minds back. He's the West Ham gaffer at this point. He's giving an interview which looks to be a Thursday night um, about team selection. Cameras are down the ground. Harry's facing away from the ground. And um, one of the boys clips a ball over and um, hits him in the back of the leg. And then Harry proceeds to turn around and say, what's going on here? And then the boys quickly made up an excuse that they were shooting a goal. (laughs) Then Harry's like, shooting a goal, you've hit me. He turns around, continues the interview and says, yeah, yeah, look, Watford on the weekend, um, we should be able to beat them. And then he just he, he loses his head. At that point, for some reason, in the middle interview, he loses his head and turns around and says, hey, no wonder you're in the fucking reserves, and then turns back to the interview. So that, that's probably the, the best spray, <laughs> mainly because it was so public. Yeah, uh, and family-friendly fr- family too. Um, so my favourite spray? spray that I've seen, um, I didn't actually hear it, was um, Hull was struggling big time under cool man Phil Brown, um, yeah. and he was like, "I need to change things up." So he decided to give the the lads a dressing down on the pitch. Like that's unheard of. Um, so he's given them a dressing down on the pitch. But the best thing about the spray was he was sacked a couple of weeks later, and he called Jimmy Bullard out specifically for not pulling his weight. Jimmy's actually mm. a favourite of the show too. I love his, uh, love his too. show. Um, <laughs> so Jimmy Bullard scored a couple of weeks later, and then got all the players to sit around on the pitch and started pointing at him and laughing. Like ultimate shithousery. Yeah. I think the couple of fans are still in the stadium too, which um, which made me laugh. And um, when, when the boys were getting the spray. Um, and there was – he got fired shortly after that, didn't he? Yeah, had to go. Phil had to go. Had to go, yeah. And I think Jimmy might have um, got his wages docked for that as well. Um, okay, so we might move on to the flavour of the pod. So, yeah, a couple of huge games that we have to cover. The Champions League, we will wrap that and preview the final. And same with the Europa League, we'll wrap the two semis and then preview the final. Move on to transfer chat. Um, and then we've got uh, got the mailbag there as well, don't we? You've given out the email address in the last pod, so we should have should have some uh, some content there. Won't be scraping the bottom of the barrel like we have. Um, but we are going to dive right in to the Champions League, and I think we might start with um, Qatar versus Red Bull. Yeah, the RB boys, eh? Go on with a whimper. Yeah. Is PSG were impressive. Di Maria yeah. masterclass. 
No, Dan Ray looked good. He looked fresh back from suspension. Um, Leon had had some good chances early, um, but um, yeah, failed to take those. And then I think um, PSG just sort of took over. I think towards the the middle of the game, the end of the game, Leon looked a little bit out of their depth. I think the 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 quality, um, yeah, just sort of shone through. Yeah, that's, that's Arby, not Leon. Um, Leon waited until the next day to get hammered. Yes, um, sorry. So, no, no. So, like, PSG were just all over them from the outset. I don't think – I just don't think Arby were ready for that sort of pressure. Um, obviously, Neymar, Neymar hit the post after about six minutes or something, didn't he? And then another goal disallowed. Um, how good was the ball in from Di Maria for Marquinhos' goal? That is a beautiful header. He rose like a salmon. Yeah, Marquinhos scored a few goals recently, hasn't he? He's, he's done quite well. What? Um, so RB playing out from the from the back, and um, the keeper's gone to to clear one, um, and I think it's hit Neymar's hand and bounced to Mbappe. What are your thoughts on that handball? That was pretty early. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably fair. Like it's a, that's a handball. Yeah, like we're yeah. given we're given handballs for less nowadays. That rules become. Like a burden on the game, um, but it really felt it. It just fell straight to um, yeah. Mbappe then. Yeah. No, and I, th- I thought Mbappe. Like I know he's obviously world class, but he wasn't. He wasn't fully at the races. I don't think just yet. Looked, he was good, but I think he still got another gear. Yeah, he didn't look right when he he come on um, in the in the quarters. Um, I think he just had a half an hour spell there, but he didn't look 100% in, in that game. I thought, as you say, I think he looked a little bit improved, but I, I think he's still got gears to go, which is exciting for the final. Um, all right, we have to touch on um, Nagelsmann's suit, don't we? Oh, yeah, he's, he looks like a Chad. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> Chad, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm making it abundantly clear now. Uh, don't like the club's philosophy. They're just a big brand. Um, mm. And I don't like <laughs> Nagelsmann. He just... His suits, it's just too much for me. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, for those that missed it, he's gone like a um, had like a monogram through through the suit. So you know those like all those luxury brands, how they all have like a monogram print. This his whole suit had like a monogram print, really Larry, and he's gone the black, the black shirt underneath. No, no good. Um, I think a lot of people are sort of um, excited to see to see them leave, and, and some of them um, disappointed to see them leave. So. Um, as you know, they're rather unpopular in in Germany, um, just with the the rules that they circumnavigated um, with the fifty plus one rule um, that they uh, they they overtook a club in Division Four and sort of made made their way up by just pumping money in there. And um, yeah, as I said, stepping around those rules. So I think it was a popular um, to see them drop out of the um, of the Champions League. But I think a lot of people enjoyed their enjoyed their football. Um, and their style of play. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit of a mixed feeling there. Um, did you think they went away from their sort of rock and roll style a little bit in, in this game? I think PSG were just too good. I think PSG were just too sharp for them. Um, like, mm. like Sabata couldn't get on the ball. Campbell, Campbell really struggled, which was disappointing. Um, but I just, I just think PSG's pressing was just too intense for them. Yeah, they, they really did press them. And um, I, I enjoyed that they, they tried to stick to um, playing out from the back, but I think the, the golfing class just um, was was too big. I'm a pragmatist. I do not enjoy that. I think just I, I think, it, you got Paulson. Paulson's 6'2", and like he's a, he's not the most talented player, but again, like just, just clear it. Like if you're getting pressed hard, you're not good enough to play through the press. Get it out of there. 
Like, like yeah. you send too many mistakes at the back, like keepers. Varane's example a couple of weeks ago. Like one of those goals, I, I would um, directly blame the keeper. Like trying to play out, just just oh, just hoof it. Yeah. Well, I think the the theory is that um, if you if you do hoof it all the time, as opposed to playing it playing out from the back, you'd turn over possession, and then in theory, you would concede more by handing over possession. They they come back at you, then and you don't sort of necessarily see those highlighted because um, you know someone hasn't had a howler out of the back. Um, yeah, so, but yeah. I also think yet yeah, like like PSG couldn't press like that for the whole game. Like so, yeah. let him let him press, and then yeah. like and okay. let him press a couple of times, and then start knocking along. Like you got to be more pragmatic, and you've got to adapt. Like they just they just didn't adapt. Mm. Um, and like PSG, like players like Mbappe, Neymar, um, Sarabia, like these players, Marianne, like, yeah. Herrera, like they can press for a while, but no one can press for the whole game. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with um, with uh, Neymar's work rate and, and Mbappe's for that. Just going forward, so I think. I probably agree with you on that, that they couldn't press all the game, but their initial press is really, really good um, and really high quality and, and really intense. But I think if you break that press, you're, just not, you're not going to see Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria sort of track back. So, yeah, potentially there's some there's some legs in that theory. But I wonder yeah. if that's how Tuchel broke his leg. <sighs> <laughs> What's that, kicking an esky or something? <laughs> no, just pressing too hard maybe. Um, yeah. so, so on a high press, we move on to Bayern versus Leon. What did you think? Yeah, now we're on to Leon. Yes. Well, I think the class of Bayern was just too much Um, and I think this was obviously a lot clearer and I think Bayern just looked so good. So it's it's one of those ones where, you know, did Bayern look amazing or um, were Leon just a little bit off today? But I'm probably leaning towards, yeah, Bayern just looked cherry ripe at the moment. I think they look really good. What do you think? I thought Leon were brave. I thought they were unlucky. Um, I think the key moments is what let them down. I think they did well to mm. stay in the game. Um, <laughs> Memphis Depay, this is why United had to sack him off. Like, if he takes that chance, that's a completely different game. Um, that's that's early. He slides one in, 1-0. Uh, Bayern finally feels some pressure, um, and you see what happens. But, like, I, I thought Leon were decent. They... Again, um, Inkembe had a chance as well in the second half at 2-1. Marcelo had a, a free header um, in the second half, again, down 2-0. But, like, Bayern will punish you. And Serge Nabry, that, that first goal, like, I know it's not yeah. amazing. Like, it's not going to come on all the highest rule. But, like, everything about that goal, like, great touch inside his defender that had pace. He's holding off a bloke. He's got the power. And the finish was just remarkable. Yeah, he's just so powerful. I, the um, the goal that he scored against um, Barca too, he, he was just he just shrugged off players. He's just such a powerful, um, powerful dude. Like he's like just a ball of muscle. And you, yeah, as you say, he started out on the right, tucked in and just absolutely cracked it on his left foot. Yeah, he, he looks good. Um, yeah, and so I think um, West Brom and Arsenal um, just you know get a mention every time he plays well and every time he scores, but. I think in the media, I think he's a bit. Um, I think both those clubs are a little bit unlucky, where he clearly wasn't playing at this level and he his body wasn't ready. Um, 
to play at that level when he was at those clubs. So I think that's a little bit harsh that he gets those two clubs get dragged up. Tony um, Pulis especially. Tony um, Pulis said he wasn't good enough to play for West Brom. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that 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 looks a daft comment now. That has aged very very poorly. But I think at the time he was probably right. Like um, he he wasn't ready. You know, he's still finding his feet and he's still a young guy now. So yeah, yeah but he, he was dominant. Like, he was yeah, absolutely he, he dominant. Looked, he looked good. I think Levin Lewandowski. I thought I thought he was a bit um, a bit cold early. Like there was a couple of chances there that every other day he, he takes, and and he did miss a, a couple, but um, eventually got his goal at the at the end. I like that he keeps popping up, but like I know obviously he's high quality, but he doesn't stop like making the runs to get those chances. Like I think there was probably three in the first half. Um, one of them was a cross that I think the keeper just touched. Um, another one where he the Nabry second goal. Um, where it was quite a comical miss, but like mm, he just, he yeah, just keeps funny. getting there and keeps getting in the right spot, and eventually, and that header like that just sums him up. That was so powerful. It just looked yeah, like, what a leap. Oh, it just looks so impressive. Yeah, I, I said that against when they played um, um, Barcelona. I said that they just looked like so much more powerful. They just looked like superior athletes to to Barca, and I think that that sort of come through um, this morning as well. They just looked like they were just. Faster, fitter, stronger, yeah, just superior athletes. So, um, yeah, they very much deserve to to go through. So, what about um, Leon? So, do you think they'll get picked apart in, in terms of their squad um, in the in the coming season? I think they've got no European football for the first time in sort of twenty plus years, and so I sort of fear for their. And they finished seventh this year in the French league, although it did get cut short. Um, they didn't go back and play like everyone else did. So, do you think they they might get picked apart a little bit? I think so. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about this is apparently it's reliant on Jaden Sancho's transfer. So if Jaden Sancho Sancho goes wherever he goes, uh, Memphis Depay might be the replacement at Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Um, I think Ua uh, will be another one, centre midfielder, attacking mid. He was quite impressive as well. Um, Musa Dembele has been linked with Arsenal and uh, Arsenal, um, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Manchester United in the past. And I think he's also had time at Celtic as well. So he, he can probably do it on a, a cold Tuesday at Stoke. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they will in bits and pieces again, because there's no yeah. European football. Um, if you've ever it's been to Leon, it's actually a beautiful place, but so, yeah. um, it's a bit to keep, but yeah, I think, I think they'll get picked apart. What do you think? Get picked apart. Yeah. I, that, well, that's, I jotted that down because I, I think that's going to be the case here. Yeah, I think they'll get picked apart. I think if you're one of the bigger players in, in that squad, um, you know, you, you've had your run, you've done, you've sort of gone as far as you can with Leon because let's be honest, they, they're not really going to go much further than that anytime soon in the Champions League, especially um, now they don't have any European football next year. So I think, yeah, if you're in the top echelon of players there, you probably look for a bigger move and um, for some silverware and some some better wages, I, I think. So, yes, I think they will get picked apart. Um, I, them and RB is sort of in that. And and I've probably put Man City in that, as, in that space as well where Small you probably clubs. need to – <laughs> well, you probably need to go um, deep into the Champions League, but can't can't win it on your first run. You sort of need to, you know, get some bumps and bruises and get some scars um, before you actually go to take those two extra steps and make it to the um, to the cha- to the final, and then to to go on and win it. Um, what do you think about that theory? I think I think Pep um, overthought it again. He's got so many weapons at his disposal, um, but they they should have beaten Leon. Really, they just. They just were so flat, but I do think they there are there is a an element of the scars. But you look at PSG, and I would say PSG are in a very similar position to Man City, 
uh, both being state-owned, uh, both being incredibly wealthy, um, but bo- both were basically entering that upper echelon of clubs in Europe if they haven't already. Um, mm. So I, th- I think Man City, I, don't, I wouldn't read too much into Man City not getting through. Um, I think they just ran into one of those incredible results that you'll see. And you, like Bayern Munich wouldn't have been that far off a similar result if Memphis had scored or, as we said, like any of the other chances have been taken. Mm, but um, potentially. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about Man City. I think their time will come as long as oil still is like prevalent in the world. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty popular, yeah. Yeah, I but think, go on. Yeah, I think I, I was just going to say, I think we're, um, to back up my point there, I think PSG have got those scars. So if you cast your mind back to the last couple of Champions League runs that, that they went on, they just picked up some like really valuable experience by, you know, taking some hard losses um, when they were almost through um, on a couple of different ties. The, the Barca one jump, jumps to mind where, yeah, they looked, they looked in like they were going to get through. They were deep in the in the um, tournament and then just got bumped out. And I think those scars sort of helped them take these next steps. And I think um, Leon, um, Man City, I put in I put in that um, bracket and NRB. Um, if they can keep their squads together long enough, they those scars will help them in in future tournaments. I, I think uh, uh, potentially RB and Leon get picked apart, but I think Man City keeps that squad together, and, and this this run on, uh, and these couple of scars in the last two years will, will do them good. Yeah, Shavi Shavi said um, Pep just needs to be backed financially. Give him a chance. Um, yeah. And then the the other thing that um, while we're on Bayern um, is just that weird. Weird scenario at the moment with um, Coutinho being there, right? So, um, as you know, um, he's a Barca player on loan at Bayern, um, come off the bench um, again and and did quite well for his um, couple of minutes. Um, But if Bayern go on and win the Champions League, um, what happens here is Barcelona have to pay Liverpool 7 million euros. What a weird world we live in. That just sums up Barcelona's transfer philosophy for the last five years. Just scatter gun, and it feels like it feels like it's a blind leading the blind. If Messi what? wants to be president, he needs to start being accountable for these transfers as well. What office donkey um, sits there with his um, with his Starbucks coffee and goes, "Yeah, I'm going to slip this into um, the transfer clause that if he wins, the, if we go out and put him on loan, and then he wins the Champions League, we, we're going to." Um, Make sure that we get paid another seven million euros on top of his fee. So weird. It's just, it's smart, isn't it? Just going. I think I think you know Coutinho is going to win the Champions League, or not here, but but he will win the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So um, so with that, um, Bayern beat Leon three um, nil and go through. Um, PSG um, have too much energy for the energy drink and get through. So we are looking at a PSG Bayern final. Are you excited about this and, and who are you leaning towards this early? I am extremely excited by this actually. Um, what a great fixture. It's just a nice way to, to finish off the season. I'm going to go against the grain because my tipping has been terrible and I actually like PSG. But really? There's a method to my madness. Okay. So the chances that Leon had, I found that Bayern were pressing high and the centre-backs um, tend to pre- like push in front of the attackers because the press is so hard. Like they just inevitably go forward. I think with the pace of Mbappe and Neymar, if you put Mbappe in Depay's position or in Kembe, he takes those chances. So I think PSG will get chances and I think they'll be enough for him to win. 
What do you think? Uh, in, yeah, interesting. I think I think if you're a neutral, this is a great final. You've got two teams that that want to attack, and their sharpest weapons are nor are both in the front third. So I think if you're a neutral, you should be looking forward to a, a big game. Um, I'm probably leaning the other way. I just think Bayern, if you've watched their last handful of games, they just look so slick, so strong. Um, and I, I do agree with you. I, I was watching the last couple of games um, where Barca just didn't have the pace to hurt Bayern when Bayern pressed so high in behind, um, whereas PSG definitely do with uh, Neymar, Di Maria and Mbappe getting in behind. So I think... Um, what you might see with Bayern is um, Boateng got taken off at, at half time um, because of a pace issue, but I think Afonso Davies um, and Alaba are, are fine um, in terms of pace. Um, Kimichu, who played um, at right back, I think he's, um, his position might be in a little bit of danger. So Pavard, who is a World Cup winner and plays there, he's been injured um, and he, he's just come back and um, I think he came off the bench and, and got some minutes in. So by the final, um, he might be might be starting and again, he, he's, he's really fast. So I think that they um, should survive in terms of um, pace and I just think that it would be too powerful for... PSG and I am picking Bayern um, and both teams to score. How about that? Yeah, I understand your philosophy. But I just, I just, I have to lean towards PSG. I think just the underdogs um, with that, with that oil money again, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just think there's there's enough creativity in the PSG team. I think, but Barca were a team that were like well past their prime, and Bayern just happened to exploit that. Um, Leon. Leon, like they were okay, but they weren't that impressive. Leon were also in the finished seventh in the same league that PSG walked it in. So I think this is a, this is a very much different scenario, and I just wonder if Bayern aren't as battle hardened as PSG, who have come through beating Atalanta late, like again having that bit more rigor around the games they've had to play, and then um, I think Arby were a better side than Leon. And just the way that they dismantled them, I, I genuinely like him, and I think um, I think Neymar is due for a big one too. Because if he'd taken the chances that he's had, like we were talking about, them winning eight or nine nil. Yeah, his his finishing has been off, hasn't it? I think we touched on that um, not the last pod, the the one before. His finishing was off, and again um, uh, yesterday morning, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit off as well. So I think if he sorts that out. Um, yeah, PSG can de- like I, I agree. I think I, I think I I agree in to an extent, but I think Bayern will get it done. I, I see your point, and I see how PSG can hurt them. And I think I, I agree that PSG um, are the best chance of beating them. But I, I think Bayern. Um, and so, are you going to be brave enough to give your tip of the week on on this game? Or are you going to save that? Um, no, I don't rate the Europa League anymore. Um, so I'm going to <laughs> PSG is going to be my tip, and I've got Neymar to score as well. Um, I think if, if you're if you're a betting man, that's the way I'd go. He's just been so impressive, and the goals the goals are going to come for him. Um, yep. And I, I just think he's just he's looking so good. And Mbappe is going to be hopefully closer to full fitness. Um, but I think there's also a bit of a, like an interesting midfield battle there as well, because Thiago Alcantara in the last two weeks. Well, wow. two games. Yeah, <laughs> wow. he seems to be doing whatever he wants, doesn't he? Oh my god, he's so good. He's so good. He's just. He's just so composed, and and when he sprays balls, what 
across the um, like when he's got like those sideways passes and stuff like that. You see some people hit it in their um, inside of their their foot, and it just sort of um, like bounces and skims across the ground. He doesn't hit any passes in that mid range on the inside of his foot. He just hits them with laces everywhere he goes. Anything sort of five and ten yards, he's passing inside the foot. Anything further than that, he's striking. It looks unbelievable. Do you think it might be a Jose Mourinho um, and a Herrera man-marking case, potentially like the uh, old Idan Hazard days? Yeah, well, I think that's a reasonable theory. I just don't think that you would do it to um, to him because he, he just plays too deep. Like he's a deep-lying six and I don't think – I think – you know, as long as you, if you stay with a deep block, I don't think he can hurt you. Um, if you press, he can hurt you. So it depends what style they want to go. Yeah, I imagine, I imagine they'll press. Like they have been, like I think both teams will press. Um, yeah. So don't be surprised if there's another defensive howler because everyone's following a philosophy again. <laughs> You've got to have a philosophy. What You can't can't define your football club without a philosophy. So I don't mind that. Define um, them by like, results. Okay, so um, that, that's good that you and I go on head-to-head in that. So I'm buying your PSG and I'm buzzing for that final. But I think we will let that sit um, and percolate and we might move on to the second tier. Um, and we have a, eh, I was going to say a big final. We have a final, um, Inter and Sevilla. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, that, there had to be a final um, as far as the rules of the competition go. Um so, yeah, in the, the semifinals, we had Manchester United versus Sevilla and Inter versus Shakhtar. Shakhtar were very disappointing. They um, were, weren't they? They've yeah, they they done were. so well and they got absolutely battered. Yeah, they really they really hurt them. Um, and Lukaku was very impressive as well. And Lataro Martinez is setting himself up for a move too. Um, wow, that, he looked really good, didn't he? Yeah, that Lula he looked, he just looked well up combination. He looked well up for it. I liked it. He did, um, and I, th- I think they'll start as favourites just based on, um, like Inter will start as favourites based on how they dismantled Shakhtar. Sevilla, oh, well, I'm coming from a biased position, but I think they got away with it a bit. Um, they, they were outplayed for long periods, and then, well, I suppose they found a way to win. So, um, yeah, credit where it's due, but I think, so I think what, what, Inter's favourites. So what about the penalty? What about the penalty, the um, Manchester United's penalty against Sevilla? Yeah, good call. Um, actually, no. to be honest, to be honest, I, That's I, not a I, think, I don't think it is either. But if it happens in the up the park, like thirty yards up the park, it's a free kick. Um, like so, like based on that logic, it depends. But when I was watching it, I was like, it's already passed. Like, I wouldn't if he hadn't have given it, I wouldn't have been aggrieved. Yeah, I think that you can't let you can't have the shot and and in theory play advantage for that. Um, portion of time, but then come back for the free kick. You can't have both. So I agree. If it's further up the field and that pass gets um, like he doesn't get his pass away because of the tackle or something, um, yes, that is a free kick. But further down the field, if he does that and it's a pass and it goes to um, the individual, or in this case, it's a shot, so it's on target, I think that is the advantage. You can't then bring it back and give him a penalty. You can't have the shot and the penalty. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but papering over some cracks with the finishing, I think, um, and has probably for the last couple of weeks. But um, I suppose not taken away from Sevilla, got through, did what they had to do. Luke Dion comes in, taps one home. Um, yeah, they did enough. But I, I, I don't know if they'll be able to, to do it again against the Inter. But I'm interested because um, obviously Regulon is really good at wrapping around. 
and Eva Beniga is a poor man's Thiago Alcantara. Yeah, yeah. Is is there cool. potential to is there potential to hurt that three at the back that interlike and Conte favours with Beniga's passing and those wing backs wrapping around? Yeah, I think so. Well, if they're playing a three, then obviously the space is um, a little bit wider. So I think if he's got time on the ball to spray passes out there, I think yeah, you can you can really really hurt them. But I think I'm leaning towards Inter on this. I think they're going to be they're too powerful, especially with um, Lukaku up, up front, um, and they just look. They look sort of in full stride where um, Sevilla, as you say, they, they got dominated for a portion of the game against Manchester and sort of wrestled it back and, and found a way to win. Whereas I think um, Inter are in full stride and they're, they're ready to go. And I think Inter will – I think they'll actually do a number on, on Sevilla. Um, Let me throw a, a stat at you then. Go on then. Sevilla, how many finals do you reckon they've been in, in the Europa no, League? Five. Five. Out of ten years. Is that right? Yep. And how many have they won? Three? Five. They've won all five. They've won all five. Yeah. Um, that's impressive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's a very good stat to have up your sleeve, isn't it? Um, so they've never hell lost. Of a record. That is a hell of a record. So they go there and they do not lose. Um, they're also unbeaten in 20. So it might not be effective. Uh, it might not be like attractive, but it's certainly effective. So I yeah, think I- you're writing them off a bit quickly. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not I'm not writing them off, obviously. I, I've spoken a few times about how street smart they are, but um, as I said, I think Interloops look too powerful and could potentially blow them away, whereas if Sevilla are to win, I think they're going to grind out something um, and and sneak past them, whereas I think Inter got the potential to sort of blow past them. So that, that's why I'm leaning towards Inter. Um, and another good season in the first year by Conte. Yeah, can't wait for it to go downhill after this. Um, <laughs> That's a pattern, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's a yeah. It is. He, he tends to burn those bridges. But I think if your if your Inter is a second place Serie A finish and a Europa League a good year, yes, I think it is. If you're Inter now, yes, I think that that's good. That's a that's a big step forward from where they were prior year. And I think, yeah, that's as I think I touched on the last pod that they have potential to go on um, and give uh, Serie A a shake and, and sort of push over Juventus um, with their managerial troubles at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's a good year for, for Inter. I def, it's better than a pass mark, and I think they are on the way up. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think I think Inter will win. I think um, Big Romulo Lukaku. Is looking very fit and very powerful. Um, so again, I think I think he'll score. I think Inter will win, but I think it'll be tight. Um, and I think they'll just hurt him too much on the break with Lukaku's power. But I do also love to see the two up front. You just don't see that enough anymore. Um, no. But and the other thing that's swaying me is Lucas Acampos is doubtful for Sevilla, and I think he's very important for the Sevilla attack. So if he's not there, I think Inter's got it. Um, I and I don't know about next year. Conte tends to throw things. <laughs> like go downhill very quickly. Um, I I think I've said before on the pod that I am an Atalanta um, fan, and I think they'll win the Serie A next year. I think it'll be a big upset. Yeah, there you go. That's that's brave this early, isn't it? Um, yeah, it depends what Inter do in the in the window. Um, I think, but uh, okay. So Inter for you and um, Inter for me as well. Um, so any more on the leagues or? What we might do um, is head over to Transfer Chat. Yeah. It's, it's a big week this week. Thank 
God. Um, we don't talk about Jaden Sancho. So the first oh, transfer <laughs> that we're going to talk about is a big one. It's the coach, Ronald Koeman to Barca. Ronald Koeman, yeah. What do you of think? Course. Yeah, well, I, I think a few people shouted this out um, who – who I respect uh, their football opinion, shouted this out a, a while ago, actually. So, yeah, Koeman um, obviously used to play for um, for Barca um, and he's now the boss um, of the, the Netherlands and, and is doing quite well with them. Um, so I, I'm not shocked by, by this, but you must admit it doesn't really fit in that Barca DNA because you look at his football um Especially, I suppose Everton's the the most obvious one um, where he just got the boot. Um, his football definitely was not um, Barca esque, but I think yeah. Well, there we spoke about Barca being um, in a state of flux at the moment, and I think they need a strong um, leader and not necessarily someone who's a little bit softer and who, who just keeps the the norm and, and keeps their their DNA as is. I think they need. Some change, and I think um, Kuman's a strong character, and I think he can shake things up. Um, and I'm not brave enough to say whether this will go positively or negatively. But for all the Messi fans out there, um, Kuman has come out and said that if he takes charge, because I don't think he's signed on the dollar line yet, if he takes charge, Messi will be in his plans. So that's a bit of a shock. Um, I have, I have a, very, <laughs> a very strong opinion on this Ronald Koeman thing. Um, so Messi staying at Barca, bad news for Arsenal fans. But um, I, I think I don't like it. I don't like it don't at like all. No, nope, I don't. Why? I think what, he's, what he's, like underwhelmed, he's underwhelmed recently as a manager. Oh, he doesn't deserve the job. No. no, and the other thing I don't like is it uh, reeks of like old boys. So Koeman's an ex-Barca player. Um, and they're saying, oh, yeah, he's got the Barca DNA, he's got the culture. Um, like, the evidence is out there that your culture is shit. Like, yeah. the club's toxic from the top down to the bottom up and back again, and they're like, oh, you got to get him in there because he knows the Barcelona way. Well, the, the Barcelona way is, like, again and again proving to be a problem. Like, they needed someone different. They need to shake things up a bit, and, like, Cumin just seems much of muchness. Another ex-player, and I... They were tossing up between him and Xavi. Like, uh, you've uh, someone has to make a brave call at that club because they're not going to get the heights they got to in the 2000s by doing the same thing over and over again like that. They've had their golden time. They've had their period. They need to they need to reassess and, and shake things up again. I just don't think Kerman's the man to do it. And they, yeah, they need but- a clean out like they do. Yeah. So isn't that isn't that um, speaking to your point though? Like if they wanted to. Do the same thing. They would have. Um, they would have got the man out of uh, Qatar, um, Chavi. But because they want to do something different, they've gone with with Kuman. Yeah, well, Kuman still got. Um, well, he would have played for Barca in the early nineties, so it's probably a, a bit further back. But he's still got mm. like a history with Barcelona. They need. Yeah. They need someone new. Like they need to. They need to change the place up a little bit, and I just don't think they're brave enough to do it. And which is, you know, Messi said the leadership, or Messi and PK have said the leadership is weak, and um, they're basically running the club now. So yeah. good luck they, to them. Um, I, I don't think they've solved anything. Uh, yeah, I, I probably agree. But I think if you're looking for um, for change, I think, uh, yes, the, the manager um, can do something. But I think um, because Barcelona are coming up to an election um, this summer, I think that's where you're going to see the, the biggest change. Um, they might appoint a, a new president and take a, a new direction. So the fans will vote on that and the members will vote on that um, shortly. So we'll see what changes there, which is um, surprising. I didn't 
to me that they didn't sort of hold off on an appointment until the new president was in. But I suppose um, if you're the president, current president, you probably think, yeah, I'm going to get elected again. Why not point um, old Cumin, a bit of a boys club um, appointment, as you say. Do you really think that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just I don't think it's a move in the right direction. Yeah. I think that and is, is that because I, and is that because you got the boys' club tattooed across your chest, or why? <laughs> why no, I think I think the door was open for Jose to come back. Um, <laughs> he's, he's done it as a translator. I don't see why he can't oh, do it as a head doing? coach. Um, no, I, I just don't think I don't think it's a right move. Um, I think it's very short sighted and it's very yeah. it is boys' clubby. Um, but if you're talking looking for a president. Come back in November after the US election. Someone who's been there and done it might be able to steer oh. the club in the right direction. <laughs> I know, I know you're right. a Trump man. Um, so the the next biggest transfer on my list is your boy Tommy Rogic, uh, Australian superstar. He's leaving Celtic to go to the riches of Qatar. What do you think? Yeah, nah, good, good footballing move that. Um, no, he's he's obviously going for um, for a bit of cash, and um, he might be just a little bit early for for the World Cup. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. I think if if you – depends on what you want to do. If you want to fill up the till and um, and collect the check and enjoy some good weather, um, yeah, why not go and play um, in Qatar? Um, if you want to sort of win some titles um, and and sort of progress um, in terms of football, I think you're better off staying at Celtic. So I would have liked to see him stay um, in Europe a little bit longer and, and grind it out and then – Sort of in his later years, moved to Qatar, but I suppose the the check was big enough, and um, and yeah, off he goes. What what do you think of this? Yeah, it's I think it, it's a logical move for him um, just to get the cash, but it is disappointing to see him leave because he, he seemed to be going quite well at Celtic, and not that long ago, um, apparently Arsenal were interested. But I suppose that's just at a point in time you're probably making a decision for retirement. Um, it seems fair enough. Disappointing, actually. I've seen him in the flesh too, like because he was hanging around Canberra. Got the biggest legs oh, really? I've ever seen. Yep. Um, so biggest that's a, legs that, you've ever seen. So um, in, in real life or yeah. just huge, very powerful, like very deceptively powerful man. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you're choosing a, for a place to live, I don't think you would choose um, sunny Glasgow over um, the rainy Qatar. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a different world. So next one is uh, Lille defender Gabriel off to Arsenal. What do you think? Well, I think if you're Arsenal, this is good. This is a good sign. I think it's it's positive that they're signing in a position that they actually need reinforcing in. Um, we spoke about Willian um, recently, and I think that was a signing more of convenience. So sort of he, he became available and, yeah, why not get him? I mean, he's, he's won, won a Premier League title um, and he's still got some years to give. So I think that was a signing of convenience where this – um, yeah, I think Gabriel, he, he's a signing that they actually need to strengthen in the back line. I think, um, yeah, you having Arsenal as your second second team, you'd be happy with this, that they're finally strengthening in a position that they need to. Yeah, I think, it's, a, good, I think it's a really good signing. Um, like 6'3", centre-back, and they, they've got some problems back there. He's young enough to – there's a lot of upside to him. And I think under Arteta's tutelage, I think he'll become a very good defender. So I think Does that's a start? really good signing. Does he start on us? I don't see why not. I don't yeah. see why not. Like he's got I – can't, I, I can't say he's going to keep him out of the team. Yeah. No, and like it just seems – it seems like a good move for everyone. He's got the games under his belt at Lille. Um, had a relatively good year. He's got experience with the Brazil under twenties, so I think I think he starts straight away because like what's the point in waiting? 
Like you saw, yeah. you're trying to sign closer to a finished product. He's probably going to be a better defender than Mustafi and <laughs> Co. Yeah, Louis. get him I straight in there. Well, um, well, they played a three at the back um, a few times th- this year, Arsenal. They played a three at the back in the FA Cup final. So, I mean, if you're not in the top three centre-backs at Arsenal, um, you- you're struggling. So, I think he's going to be in the top three centre-backs. And if they, especially if they play a three, he'll get one of those spots. If they go down to a two, um, yeah, we, we might see him squeezed out or, or reduced minutes. But I think if, if they're playing a three every game, he should be playing a, a lot more. Yeah, um, I think so Williams the be- third best centre back at Arsenal at this point. <laughs> yeah. So someone who's not playing as much or at all, um, Claudio Bravo. He's um, he's left Man City. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, another another man for playing out the back. Had some fantastic howlers in his time at Man City. He'll be yeah, he'll be greatly missed by me, to be honest. Um, mm. But the time is right. I think he's going to Spain somewhere. I, I can't remember exactly where, but um, yeah, he'll he'll be fondly remembered for his errors. I think. Yeah, he he um he was famously brought in by Pep to to play out of the back, and a lot was made of him that um he's not a really good goalkeeper, but he's a good footballer and he can play out the back. And then when he came over to England, especially in that first season, yeah, as you say, he had a real highlight reel of of howlers. Um, Replaced by a so. bloke who can kick the ball ninety yards, uh, which is an interesting change in philosophy. Yeah. So the next one I really like. So uh, David Silva to Sociedad. The Lazio president responded by saying, "I respect him as a player, but not as a man." That's so. That's that's his welcome. Um, <laughs> that's that's, that's was, Lazio president because he reneged on a deal to go to Lazio. That was that big money deal where he took the massive wage cut, um, and the Lazio president said he doesn't respect him as a man. Yeah, well, I, I think that, that's just sour grapes. I think, um, yeah, well, I think. We touched on this previously. Silva, he, he's still got some um, some years in him, I think, or at least at least one um, one year in him. And I think if he plays limited minutes and, and you manage his body, I think you can get some real quality stuff out of him. So I think that's a good signing for um, Sociedad. So is he going to stay based in the in the UK and, and fly over, or is he um, moving? I'd say he'd move to sunny Spain. I can't imagine he'd want to stay in Manchester. <laughs> There's not really much point. Yeah, so, I'd, I'd move. Uh, but there you go. We'll see see what he does. I know he's got a, he's got a sick young fella, so um, potentially that might play um, into it as well. So, um, what about Dean Henderson? New deal. Yeah, that's great news, isn't it? So now Manchester United have four keepers on the books. Um, so we've got David de Gea, who's the highest paid player in. England, I believe. Sergio Romero, the Argentina number one, and Dean Henderson, who could potentially be the England number one by next year, all on the books. Um, the one position that, w- that we have good depth um, is goalkeeper, where it's yeah. incredibly useless. Um, I don't understand this at all. Like yeah. something, something yeah, has to give. Seems. So yeah, well that that was my next question. So who who goes? I th- I, are you going to keep all four? I, I imagine someone. If he signed a new deal, someone's moving on. Doesn't doesn't that say? I think he just goes back out on loan, and someone <laughs> wherever he goes on loan, we just pick up a good piece of his wages. Yeah, well, I think if he goes out on loan, he might have to drop down potentially into the championship to get game time because there's no good in him going out on loan and playing second fiddle, which I think he does do um, sort of most other clubs in, in the Prem. So I think, yeah, if he goes out on loan, go down the leagues. Is that a great year at Sheffield United? But so, like I don't – yeah, I suppose uh, maybe Aston Villa need a keeper. Um, that would be one club I could think of, but I don't know if they could match his wages for the loan. Yeah, but, I think the list is short though, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah the list is short. Um, but it's not all bad news for keepers. It's not. I know a personal favourite. <laughs> a personal favourite of yours, uh, Joe Hart, has gone to Spurs. What do you think? Yeah. So there's been a lot made out on the blogs about um, that's just a Jose um, shit stirring Pep Guardiola and signing um, signing Joe Hart. But I, in all seriousness, I think um, that it, it's a good it's a good move. He's not going to to start, but I think he's a good senior player to have have around. Um, he's done done quite well in terms of um, trophies. And I think he's a good um, second fiddle um, and a nice senior head to have around the club. Um, but I don't think he's going to start much. But I don't think he's expecting to start much. He mentioned that it's, it's been really tough for him recently. Um, he's had some um, mental health troubles. But, yeah, he said he was at one of the flattest points in his career. But um, oh, Jose to the rescue and picked him up. What, what do you think about this? Do you think he's going to get much game time? No, I don't. I don't think he's anywhere near a team sheet. But he does bring that experience uh, and experience on the continent too. A fan favourite uh, over in Italy, but um, just wasn't to be for Joe Hart. It's it's an interesting way where his career sort of um, it it got to a point, and then everyone wanted keepers to be ball players as well. So he was really yeah. good shot stopper, but then midway through his career, everyone wanted a ball player, and it just. It just didn't happen for him, but he was he was such a good keeper. Um, I felt, I felt it happened to him really fast as well, don't don't you? Yeah, it, it did. And like like one day he's gone from being world classing and number one could be anything to just non existent at Manchester City. It's really yeah. disappointing. Yeah. the The last one I want to cover um, is the Tiago chat. So um, he's at Bayern now um, and absolutely crushing it. And there's talk of um, of Liverpool and. Yeah, I think I'm not sure why the fee is so low. So potentially what they're looking at is um, £30 million, which is a snip these days. And especially for someone of his, of his quality, I think is a real bargain. Um, and if I was Liverpool, I would dive head first into that deal. But why is the deal so low, do you know? Is it um, he's almost done on his contract? I think I think there's 12 months to go on his contract. Um, yeah, the other reason go. might be Brexit. Um, that's the only reason. Um, yeah, Brexit means Brexit. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It does seem very low, and like based on his performances in the last couple of weeks, you think he'd get a significant price tag, like some of those astronomical figures, like Harry Maguire money. But um, oh. yeah, I know he's not quite at that level yet. But yeah, it's, it seems inordinately low. And you watch him, and you're like, the Liverpool really need him. But then, like he's. I think he could just fit in anywhere, couldn't he? Yeah, it I, doesn't matter who you are in the Prem. I think if um, if he is showing any signs of wanting to come, I think you um, you take him. I think he's a he's a Rolls Royce, and um, yeah, I would jump at the opportunity to sign him, especially at that price. Um, so yeah, why not get him? Okay, um, I think that does us for transfer chat. What we might do now is to come over to um, everyone's favourite, the the mailbag. You've got mail. You've got mail. How'd you go, mate? Any, anything in there this week? Um, yeah, so it's it's getting quite busy in there, actually. Um, so that really? is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. So I had my head down the mailbag for quite a bit there, and I came up yep. and um, a little bit dizzy from all the glue. But, like, it is deep. <laughs> Um, there's a lot. There's a lot Real in there, thick. so I'm going to roll straight into it. And one of them is quite timely, as the Premier League okay. fixtures came out today. Yep. Um, and uh, our first one is from our highly respected listener Evan. Uh, 
hasn't rated himself on the scale yet either. Um, he hey, guys, yeah. mentioned on the last pod, Sterling's finishing. What a howler. How does, <laughs> how does Raheem redeem himself from that? Unforgivable. The salmon. Cle- Cle- clever. I see what he did there. Raheem redeem. Um, yeah, well, I think that that's the last piece of um, his game to really come together to take him to that next um, echelon um, is just his finishing. I think he, his timing of his runs um, is exceptional. Um, I think he finds himself in, in good spots. I think um, he's obviously working quite well with Pep and you see them speaking to each other after the game um, quite often and talking about runs and, and timing and, and things like that. Um, his pressing is good. He's, he's got his body right. He's fit. He's healthy. So I think the finishing is the last thing to come into his game and then I think he's going to be the, the finished product. So what do you think, mate? Yeah, I think I think he's already very, very good. I think the Nations League might be the shot in the army needs just to get back on the England bandwagon. Um, no, I think he'll he'll start. He'll come back firing. He just seems so much more mature now um, as a footballer and as a human being. Not that I really yeah. care, but um, <laughs> he like he just seems like so, he's so level headed now. He just keeps coming. I think he'll I think he'll be score twenty again next year. Yeah, um, because he's so young. I think that. He's sorry, he burst on the scene so early. You forget how young he is. So, um, yeah, I think he's got plenty of time to, to grow. And, yeah, I don't want anything I said to be misconstrued. I think that um, he's he's sort of well, – he's obviously in the top echelon players now, but I think if he wants to go to um, Messi, Ronaldo um, type level, yeah, that finishing is the, the next thing to take him into that stratosphere. But uh, thanks for that email, uh, Salmon, and hit us up next week and um, give, us a, give us a rating on, on your listenership. <laughs> All right, so I filed that one away. Um, so next one, hi, lads. Uh, not a huge fan of hi on emails too, just for future reference. Um, long-time listener, first-time emailer. First things uh-huh. first, I would rate myself as skeptical on the listener scale. <laughs> oh, gee, that's low, isn't it? Where does a skeptic rate? Oh, it's, that's I almost you, <laughs> He sounds like an anti-vaxxer, doesn't he? I bet he doesn't wear his mask when he's supposed to either. Oh, um, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you're able to find room in the budget for a new microphone for Sean. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. He's open <laughs> to fire, isn't he? Yeah, he's coming swinging. Um, starting with the obvious gaping liability that is Serge Aurier at right back, what are the other two key positions you think Tottenham need to improve? To f- uh, Hang on a second. Need to improve at. And are there any viable signings in to fill these voids in the COVID transfer market? Also, would Jose benefit from a wheeler dealer like Harry Redknapp coming in as a negotiator to squeeze a few deals out for the Lily Whites? Could he bring Nico Crenshaw out of retirement? So I'll, just, I'll answer the first part, uh, the last part first. There. I don't think Nico Crenshaw is retired. I think he's just waiting for Harry to get back into management. What do you think? Yeah, so um, I wouldn't bring uh, Nico in again and I definitely wouldn't bring Ari in. Um, I think they're sort of in a precarious position. I think they've sort of got to make a decision where they um, they can either go one way and do a total rebuild and, and pull the thing apart or they can sort of hold on to some key pieces and, and sort of build around them. Um, I'm probably leaning towards holding on to key pieces um, um, like Hugo Lloris, um, Eric Dyer, I don't, I don't mind him, um, and then obviously Super Harry Kane. So, yeah, I think there's there's a spine there and I think you can build around them. Where to sign? Okay, I think um, right back is is the first one that you mentioned. I think Aurier um, is just a little bit uncomposed and 
um, super athlete, but I think he's uncomposed and um, his defending is not that great and he's not that good on the ball. Um, his deliveries need some work as well. So I think right back is is one. I think the, the second one is just in that number 10 role. I think once um, Ericsson sort of fell out of favour and he was spending time on the bench, I watched a few games of Spurs where they couldn't really break teams down. They brought um, Ericsson on and then he sort of had that key to unlock them. So now he's moved on to... Um, the Manchester United B team Inter, um, I just don't think that they've replaced that. So I'd like to see them go out for a, a number 10 as well. What do you think, mate? A lot of questions there. Yeah, there are. It doesn't muck around. So um, the first one there, so Serge Aurier sucks. Um, he just has so <laughs> many high, he has so many high-profile errors in him. Like he's yeah. he's a tremendous athlete, as you said, but he just does so – he does some things where you're like, he's crazy. He's actually crazy. Yeah. Um, what's in the market but for a right-back, like – um, I think that's a tricky question because I reckon that role is evolving. So people don't know what they want as much as they did before. Um, everyone wants Trent Alexander-Arnold. They don't want Aaron Wambasaka. Um, but they, they never used to. They used to want um, a Gary Neville um, just yeah. to tuck in and do a role. And then all of a sudden, as you say, they wanted to go um, Trent Alexander-Arnold um, and and someone sort of barnstorming more of a winger there, and then now, I, yeah, I, I agree. People don't know what they want there. No, so I think I think that's tricky. And I, I think by the time the season starts, I don't think they'll have an answer to that problem either. I think Serge Aurier will start round one. Um, Thomas Munier has been spoken about from PSG. That'd be a handy signing, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. He can probably. No disrespect to Tottenham, but he can probably pitch himself a little bit higher. Um, so I don't, I don't see that being fixed, and I'm not sure if Jose sees it as a problem either. Um, the other position I think they need to strengthen is left back. Um, they just they haven't convinced me yet um, with the left back, and I think that if anyone's been watching Sergio Regulon lately, um, I'm a big fan. I think he would be excellent to fill that void. There's nothing that man can't do right now. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think he's great. And the other position that so I think Tottenham have a relatively good squad, um, but I think this is the hardest position in football is a uh, backup for Harry Kane. Like I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. How how you convince someone of um, good quality to come and be like, hey, can you come sit on the bench for Harry when he's not fit and he starts getting tired? Um, I like if you're a young developing footballer, you're not going to take that role. Um, potentially get an experienced pro, maybe a Jermaine Defoe. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just I don't know how you can convince someone to come in. But those I would say right back, left back, and a backup for Harry Kane would be the critical spots for Spurs this year. Yeah, well, I think um, I didn't mention um, support for Harry, but I think he does need some support. He obviously can't play every game, um, even though they try and, and get him to play. Every game, so you're not convinced of the left back spot, so you're not happy with uh, Danny Danny Rose there. Now Danny Rose is off Newcastle; he's gone. But um, Ben Davies has been in there. Ben Davies is all right; um, he's a solid pro. But I think if if Tottenham are serious about going to the next level, and Jose is, um, I think they need to do something about that. Um, but I just I just don't know what that looks like. I think Regulon's the best answer. Um, if they can get him, but I don't know if he'd be a Jose Mourinho type player because he's quite a an attacking left back. Um, Max Ahrens potentially is one. Could be on a good fee as well, bringing him from Norwich. Yeah, pretty cheap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but again, oh, I'm not sure if he's – like if you're a young left back, do you really want to go play under Dow or Jose Mourinho? 
Um, Danny has just gone on a loan too, so he could come back, especially now that uh, that uh, oil money didn't come in. But um, thanks for that. Uh, are we Sam? Is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Um, thanks, so Sam. La- um, follow that one. <laughs> Bloody well. <laughs> That's Tottenham Champions League hopes too. Um, <laughs> so next one's from an Arsenal fan and avid listener. Hasn't rated himself on the scale yet. Um, it's Gate Harper. Um, so he said, did Arsenal have a better season than City? And does this put us in the box seat to sign Messi? I'll let you answer that one. Yeah, well, they definitely didn't. I think um, Leicester had a great season. I think they um, they just missed out in the Champions League. Um, and, question. Or what? Better season than City, you said? Yeah, City. Manchester City, I'd say. Oh, he's talking about second-tier City. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so they didn't have a better season than um, Leicester City or Manchester City. And anyone who thinks that Messi is leaving um, is is out of their tree. So um, Messi won't leave. He'll probably die there or move up to the front office. So, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on that. Messi not going anywhere and Arsenal were rubbish compared to every City this year. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'd give him. I'd give him a pass mark against Norwich City, um, but uh, the, I don't think they're in the box seat to sign Messi. I think that the players Arsenal sign have to be aligned to a particular agent, um, and I don't think Messi is. Um, so I don't think I don't think they're in the box seat to sign Messi. I think they need to just focus on the Gabriels of the world, and they need to clean that list out as well. They need to get Ozil out. That's the big. That's the only left footer that I can see going to and from. Yeah, it's a bit confusing about um, who's running things at, at Arsenal. Is it a, an agent who's not at the club? Um, is it Ozil um, or or is it the board? But uh, thanks for that, Gabe. All right, mate. So that, so that brings us to the end of the end of the mailbag. Um, so do you want to leave us with your hot tip of the week? Yeah, hot tip of the week is uh, PSG to win the Champions League final. Neymar to score. Um and I think they'll win both halves too. So you'll probably get some handy odds on that. What do you think? Interesting. Interesting. I think um, get some money on Bayern to win and um, both teams to score. But um, that's it for, for this episode. We'll catch you after the both of the finals, um, which I'm really looking forward to. But um, stay safe and speak to you after the finals. 